banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. How's it going, everybody? We're back. I'm Luke. He's Joe. We're looking at each other on a screen right now. This is the uh, Cautiously Optimistic Podcast. We are one. We are on uh, Saber Season Eve, if you will. The eve of Saber Season. Tomorrow is the big day. The big home opener. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, of course. So today, if you're listening, on Thursday. But uh, the big home opener versus the the hyped-up Ottawa Senators. Uh, a different opponent. For, well, I think the last time they played each other in the home opener was Eichel's rookie year, 2015. Mm, yeah. Um, but from recent years, you know, it's a nice change of pace, I think, for the opener. Different team. I'm going, so. You are nice. I'm excited. Uh, tickets were are. a lot more expensive than last home opener, I think. 300 level tickets last year might have cost you about $30 and now it was like about $90 more this time around. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to Ticketmaster and I am going to see what the seat map is looking like to see how tickets are selling because I looked like last week and it looked like it wasn't even close to being sold out. That's what I heard too, but I heard someone say today that they might be expecting a sellout. So I, I don't think it's going to be sold out. I don't think the hype is that real yet, but it'd be nice to have a nice packed crowd to cheer on the team in the first game. Also, speaking of tickets, oh, side note really quick. I wanted to go to the Bills game, uh, the Steelers game. Yes. But the tickets were like the cheapest seat was $300. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember yeah. last year, I think I I went to the Washington football team game. And I paid like maybe like 80, 90 bucks for a seat. I couldn't believe it. Is it just because of the hype this year? Or yeah, it's the on? hype. Uh, I'm hearing the same thing that like the cheapest ticket. Uh, I'm seeing like 175 bucks. It's just the hype. Yeah, I wanted to go to a game before it got like too cold or snowing, anything like that, like a nice crisp fall day. But I Did guess it's you... just not in the cards this year. Did you ever hear of people who only go to the tailgate and then they leave? Yeah, one of my second cousins has actually done that. <laughs> See, I'm sorry, but that is that is delinquent behavior. Bizarre. I don't condone <laughs> that. Um, it is it, it's very trashy. I think. Uh, like, listen, if I'm me. Okay, there's only there's 18 football Sundays in a season. Okay, there's 18 Bills games, some playoff games too, if you're lucky, right? Right. I'm not gonna waste that. Uh well, it will be eight home games this year. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to get blasted for eight of the 18 weeks that we have football. And just not remember the game. I want to be conscious and rooting for the team and remembering what happened. Yeah, that's a good point. And for the people who are just tailgating and going home, you're missing a pretty large chunk of the game, too. Yeah. Counting for traffic and everything. You're probably missing at least half the game. Right. Right. 
yeah. Uh, no, <clears throat> people who do that, their motivations to me, they're um, they're questionable. Okay, that's what I'll say. I think <laughs> your it. your allegiance your allegiance is in question to me if you do that. Anyways. We say we have friends of the show. You are an enemy of the show if you do that, in my <laughs> eyes. Oh man. Uh, only tailgaters have now joined the suburban hockey dads the enemies of the cautiously optimistic podcast yes yes very interesting anyways yeah busy day today very busy day surprising Uh, day a surprising day i did not expect on the eve of the home opener to see not one but two bombshell drop in Saberland. Bombshell First, extensions. Don High Granato. Yield. Yeah. Don Granato, a two-year contract extension. I forgot that he was even up for an extension to begin with, but I thought cool. we already did it. Yeah. So <laughs> I if I recall, I believe originally he was on a two-year deal. Yeah. So last year was his first full season. So this was the last year of his deal. No, wait. Maybe it was a three-year deal. Yeah, he was given a three-year deal. So he's on year two right now. He had one more year left. So then they extended his contract two more years. So now Granado has three seasons left after this year. So I guess it's a little different for front office and coaching staff members. Because like, if the Sabres were to extend Dylan Cousins, they can because he's on the last year of his deal, but they can't extend... Rasmus Dahlin right now, who has two years left right now. So you can only extend a player when there's uh one they're, when they're on the last year of their deal, but I guess it's different for front. And that makes sense because they're part of a union, and I don't think I don't think the coaches necessarily are part of a union. So, you know, there's no the guide the guidelines probably less stringent for uh coaches and like you said, front office personnel. Yeah, so I think it was Pierre Lebrun who tweeted it. I believe the the amount of money that Granado is going to be getting is about $2 million. So he'll probably be in what, like the middle tier as far as coaches are concerned. Yeah. I wonder what the average salary for a coach is. I, I would guess, well, cause when Babcock signed that monster deal with Toronto oh, yeah. back in 2015, that kind of paved the way for coaches to be making big money. So Ruined I would assume that he's right, right in the middle. Uh, I think Ralph Kruger was making like four million, ah! um, <laughs> like three or wow. four million when he was coach here. So I, they might still be paying him. I, this might be the like the last year that they'd be paying him. I'm not positive though, but that's hilarious if they're still paying him. Remember him? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. Did you see my tweet um, earlier? I'll restate yes, it. Yes, I did. That's hilarious. March, it, it was March 18th, 2021, that we recorded the Ralph Kruger is fired episode. And if I go to my music tab in my files, I go to, oh no, if I go to my TCB tab in my files, I deleted it now, but today I looked. And as of today, I still had uh, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead that we used. Uh, we are in the studio when we did yeah, that way one, back one, I think. Yeah. Before we got locked out. That's right. Before. Yeah. 
just right. one gut punch after another after <laughs> for me around these parts well, in general. Um, but, uh, you know, and then, so the, the Don Grau signing is great, right? Yeah. Then I woke up and I scrolled through my alerts and I saw Matias Samuelson, seven years, 4.3 million. And I did a double take because I'm like, Matias Samuelson, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a question right now. You know, <laughs> like I thought that was for two years or something down the line, but uh, really good contract. 22 years old. Good value. Seven years. This is what smart teams do. How many times yeah. have we seen the, the avalanche or the lightning sign a guy to a six year uh, contract with a two or three million AAV? Right. I think the Rangers have done it recently too. Well, the lightning did it with, they're three big RFAs. Did uh, they do it with Nick Paul? Well, yeah, they, they signed Paul like a seven-year deal, but Paul's obviously a little bit older. But they did it with like Chernak, Sorelli, and Sergachev. So big money committed to those guys. But you know, we, we haven't recorded in a while, but they did this with Tage Thompson too. So we haven't really seen a Sabres regime commit to guys a year out, give them a contract extension. I don't think they've done anything like this since Eichel was signed right no, at the beginning of Jason Botterill. Right. I mean, how many episodes have we done where we're talking about, I wonder when this deal is going to get done for this guy, right? For years, yeah. it was with Sam. Uh, um, Sam Reinhardt was the guy there. I think uh, last year it was Middlestat who almost went into the season, was it? Am I thinking about that correctly? I think I think Middlestat took a while, yeah. Well, like, him and Yoki Hari so got the now. same contract. Yeah, yeah. Three years, 2.5. I just feel like we've done this so many times. I think it's mostly been with Reinhardt, really, where it's yeah. come down to the wire, and we're like, well, they have all these RFAs assigned, but... um. No, it's it's such it's such a good contract. Um, finally, a forward thinking. You know, we have a forward thinking um, front office. Yeah, and you, if you think about it, you look at the defense that they have. Darlene, like elite level defensemen, they're going to get paid big money. You look at the other contracts around the league, guys of that ilk, they're making eight, nine, ten million dollars. Darlene. He's already making six. I bet they're probably regretting not signing him to a long-term deal right about now. But next year, we're probably going to be thinking, okay, do we give him a big extension? He's probably going to be making eight, nine, ten. Owen Power, we're only a year down the road, year or two down the road from talking about his next contract. He's going to probably be in that range as well. So in those two guys alone, you're going to be committing – 20 ish million dollars to the salary cap, which right now that's about a quarter of the salary cap tied in two guys. So, and the cap is obviously going to be going up in a few years, I believe, up pretty big. So, that's good news for the Sabres right around the time when all of their core guys are going to be paid. Mm -hmm. But imagine if Matias Samuelson rises and gets better, develops, yeah. becomes a true top pairing defenseman which it looks like he's gonna be Darlene's partner or powers partner it fits well I can imagine he would fit well with power too but him and Darlene played pretty well and they're gonna start the season together on the same pair so Samuelson has a great year this year I think 
you're you might be talking about him making six seven million dollars so they just saved potentially some pretty big bucks here because if samuelson is commanding that kind of money that power and Darlene are going to have obviously it's not going to be the same but in that level he's going to price himself out of here now they're able to keep this core together in theory if it all works out if that makes any sense there's two things i want to touch on there from what you said uh first because the shorter one you said that the salary cap is going up yes and people got to remember too nhl has that big uh new television deal money coming in this is probably this is the second year where they're going to get a, a big jump from that money. So that's going to contribute to the uh, salary cap going up. So we can count on that for the next couple of years. It happened to the NFL uh, this year. And uh, about Samuelson, you said that they're probably regretting signing Darlene to the, the three-year extension or uh, whatever they gave him. Yeah, uh, it was three years. I think this is good because they're probably already thinking, let's not let that happen again. Let's right. get this guy done and then – we learn from that. Let's move on. And obviously Darlene will be here for a long time after this deal expires. But um, I think this is a good sign that they've already learned and they're being um, proactive on that front, which is good. Yeah. Well, if my memory serves me correct, the Darlene signing was before like Sam Ventura and they like really, that's what I was on office. So I think Adams, mm-hmm. he's got, like a really strong group of like a good group of guys around him now. And this was obviously a collaborative decision. If you watch any of the behind the scenes, like Sabres embedded videos that are out, Mm -hmm. like he's leaning on Mm -hmm. these guys. This is not one guy sitting in a room alone. Like it was when he first got here. This is a, this is a good front office and I'm confident in them. Like any move these guys do, I'm like good move always like whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency contract extensions, they're knocking everything out of the park. And I know from an outsider perspective, like what are, what is this team doing? This guy has only played 50 ish games in the NHL. He doesn't even have a goal yet, but like it's a good bet. He has eight tour goals. Good since he broke through. He's he has goals. Yeah. He's a defensive have- defenseman. When you have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power on this defense, you don't need the big guy with the long face to score goals, okay? Yeah, you don't need the the 23-year-old who looks like he's 35. Yeah. He, running he, up, creating offense. He's the guy who allows Power, Dahlin, all those guys to run free and play the way that we all want them to play. Samuelson's going to be a core piece, I think, He's going to be like the unsung hero of this team this year. I think he's going to have a good year. He looks like he could be the bully in an 80s movie, in a (laughs) John Hughes breakfast club type movie. Yeah. I, if you've been listening for a while, we were Samuelson. I was a Samuelson skeptic. I don't know about you, Luke, but I, I've never been more happy to be wrong. I think he's going to be great. Um, you know, it's funny. This has a potential to be a bargain. When was the last time the Sabres had a true long-term bargain contract? Because Tage Thompson at 1.4 right now, that's a bargain and a half, but that was a bridge deal. This is a long-term commitment that has the potential to be a great deal or, you know, it could be a terrible deal. Who knows? But that's the risk you take when you're signing a guy to a long-term deal. You know what? Uh, 
it isn't it's cool to know that he has he has professional he has NHL hockey in his blood. Right. His dad, of course, uh, playing in the league for a number of years. Um, yeah, you asked me. You you said that you've been uh, a, a Samuel. You were a Samuelson uh, skeptic, and I I'm just thinking like he's played so few games. I I barely I I barely have like an evaluation of him. You know, right. I know I I know that what I've seen has been great, and that I've enjoyed watching him play. But it's, it just feels like a like a fever dream almost. Yeah, because he remember last year he got injured in the prospects challenge, and he was probably going to make the team out of camp, and he, he had to start in Rochester because you know we had to start the season a little later, and then he got up here and played pretty well, and eventually found his way to be Rasmus Dahlin's sidekick. And you remember when he first came up a couple years ago <clears throat> after Kruger got canned, he was with Ristolainen, so basically set up for failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But last year, I thought he was great. So hopefully that continues. But again, they have this. This has a chance to be a bargain. Like it's four point two million. Like four point two million dollars is not what it was two, three years ago. It's not like that's like your typical second pair defenseman signing. And mm-hmm. you know, if Samuelson turns out to be a great second pair D, great. And if he's Dowling's partner for the next eight years, seven years. That's a great number. So I'm happy it, with it. It just feels good to see all of our, all that, you know, cap space that we've been weaponizing. That's the, the term everyone uses finally go in to our own homegrown guys. Yeah, they got the most cap space in the league. And now they've got well, Thompson's making like 7.1 and then plus the 4.3. So they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna have the most cap space in the league next year. And they also have Dylan Cousins to sign, so maybe he's up. He's gonna be an RFA at the end of the year, so maybe he'll be the next one to get an extension. But assuming, I'm assuming it's gonna take some time here because the season's starting. They probably don't want that to be a distraction. Uh, See the Cousins, the, the cousin contract will uh, that'll interest me because yeah, I. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I feel like he could he could actually be a guy who's in line for um a bridge deal unless he like explodes. Yeah, I year. think Cousins is a bridge. I I'd be a little weary of giving him long term. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be good, but I want to see him score those goals this year and I know that's the plan for him. Uh I think he's going to have a good year though. So I I would be a little weary though. I think if he comes up and money he puts up 55 points this year or something then you you fast track it um yeah invest a little more in him but uh you definitely want to see more of the uh offensive explosion i love him as a i love him as a leader i often forget that you know he's uh he's the guy that'll stand up for his teammates that's the kind of player i love so much that we had Mm -hmm. been missing for so many years on this podcast um but uh yeah, he's so that, that, that feels fascinating to me. He's a, he's a very important he piece. He's, he is. he's big. He's very strong and power forward, like you said, leader, sticks up for his teammates, not afraid to drop the gloves. Mm-hmm. But he's also talented offensively, and we haven't really seen that talent offensive upside break through yet. We see it in like spurts and right. like little glimpses here and there. But I think coming into year three in Buffalo, I think he's going to really take that next step. I think Cousins is my breakout candidate this year. 
for sure. Um, can I bring up a guy and then maybe uh, get your thoughts on him? Maybe we can have a little conversation about him. Yeah, go ahead. Um, where are we at with Peyton Krebs right now? Oh, he's he's a question mark. I think when I was thinking about breakout candidates yesterday, I was down to Krebs and Cousins. Krebs, I didn't get to watch every preseason game, but from what I was seeing on Sabres Twitter, Krebs wasn't looking that great. I know he That's had his what I moments, saw. but he's got to he's got to take the step. He's got to. I think the novelty of oh he was in the Jack Eichel trade it's probably going to wear off pretty soon, mm-hmm. and. You know, they got all these prospects that they just drafted. Guys in Rochester right now. Someone, I'm not, I'm not saying they got to get rid of them or anything by any means. I hope it works out, but there's going to be a time where they're going to have to decide between guys to keep who's a part of the solution and who is going to be moved out to make room for Yuri Kulik or Noah Oslin, these guys. So, I think this is a big year for Krebs. Uh, he's going to get an opportunity for sure. I He made the team, of course, so mm-hmm. he's not going to be in Rochester. Uh, I hope he has a good year because I, I love Krebs. I loved him during his draft year. I wanted the Sabres to draft him. Uh, he's got elite vision, great yeah. playmaking ability. I'll I don't think what. he's going to make it as a center, which – is unfortunate, but we'll see what he can do with the wing this year. With his passing ability, I don't want him at center. I want him on the wings, uh, dishing it out, yeah, getting it into uh, tight areas. I think going into the offseason, I said to myself, this guy needs to get a gym membership and <laughs> just lock himself in there overnight. And He's a grind set. Yeah, he's just got a... He needs to get stronger, obviously. Like he's not he's not the most physical guy. And so like he in a from a sense that he's a great playmaker, can make any pass really. Like his vision is ridiculous, probably the best on the team. Uh so that would work out as a center, but I I just worry that <clears throat> excuse me, that his two way game really isn't there yet and he's not like the biggest guy. So Maybe he can develop into that center someday. He's still young. He's still very young. Can like look at Tage Thompson. He's 23, 24, and he finally broke into being a center. So I think there's potential there, but I think he's best suited to be a winger as of right now. Yeah, well, if if he molds into a uh, good uh, bottom six player, then so be it. I mean, they'd probably take that. Yeah, well, you need good bottom six players. So I, I wouldn't mind it at all. Uh, and I, honestly, at this stage of the game, he probably is set to be a third line type of guy going forward, judging by all the pieces that they have right now. So and th- there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yeah, big, big year for him. We also kind of grazed over Don Granado. So let's go back to him for a second. I'm pretty excited. I, I like yeah. Don Granado. I think he's perfect. Oh, of course. I think he's perfect for this group. And I tweeted it this morning. Uh, like, if you told me a year ago that the Sabres would have a, a legitimately stable front office, I would have called you crazy and laughed. This is great. Yeah. This is great. Kevin Adams signed to an extension, multi year. I'm not sure of the details. Granado signed an extension. He's going to be here for three more years. But, you know, there's, 
potential Redon Granado, I think probably this year he'll be the longest tenured Sabres head coach since Lindy Ruff. Obviously the shortened seasons and being interim, uh, he didn't get like a full 82 games uh, that year, but he's got to be pretty close. How long? Dan Bilesma and Phil Housley both got two full seasons. Wow. Bilesma only had two years. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. 15, 16, 16, 17. Then they got canned. Mm -hmm. And then Housley, two seasons, he got canned too. Yeah, I I'm confident in this group. I I think they know what they're doing finally. They finally learned from their mistakes. And what goes back to like the Thompson and Samuelson signings, they're getting guys to buy in. They're getting guys to want to commit. Yeah. And that didn't happen for a while. There is a clip from one of those uh embedded shows where uh Don Granado walks into the war room after they sign Ilya Labushkin. And so I'm paraphrasing what he says on the lines of, I just got the phone of Labushkin and I, I I told him, or I asked him, what did you think when you were, you were coming in here last year to, to face us? And Labushkin said, I hated it. Along, <laughs> something along those lines yeah. that uh, the Sabres were, were hell to play against. So, Something they've done, it's working. Yeah. Well, the, we got to remember he was on Toronto when the Sabres beat the living hell out of him a couple yeah. times. <laughs> so, yes, Labushkin, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, forgot who he's playing with. He's yeah, I think he's supposed to be playing with Bryson to start, so that should be interesting. Kind of like a a nice calming, stay at home presence next to Bryson to let him go. Kind of similar to Samuelson with Darlene, have a stay-at-home guy to kind of be the presence that Bryson needs. So that should be good. Uh, speaking of defensemen, kind of surprising. Lawrence Pilot did not make the Sabres yeah. out of camp. Casey Fitzgerald did. And I think a lot of people think that Fitzgerald would have been claimed. I think I wouldn't say it was a 0% chance that he was claimed, but, you know, right shot defenseman. I don't think Fitzgerald is anything special. I think he... He's a seventh defenseman. He's a top pair guy in the AHL, but nothing really more than that. Uh, I like him. He he showed that he's not afraid to stick up for his teammates. He got in a couple fights last year. Physical little guy, not the biggest, but he plays like he's six foot two, six foot three. So I think he the fans like him. Uh, I like that he's sticking around, but I would have liked to see Lawrence Pilot get a look. I'm sure uh, he'll be the first call up. Um, oh yeah! Once the eventual defensive injuries um, happen, I yeah, it's gonna happen. Someone's gonna get hurt. I have um, the lines, the projected lines, up um, per the website, The Morning Puck. Have you ever heard of this site? No, I I usually use Daily Faceoff for. Line okay. Well, work. they they have a source, so I like they okay. have a little where you hover over and it says source on it. But yeah, yeah, it's um, Lubushkin is projected to be with Bryson, um, then Power and Yoki Haru, and then Samuelson and Dalene. So, how about that for an and for an affirmation of confidence for your uh, newly signed guy? Yeah. Uh, 
let's move on to goaltending. Eric Comrie was in the couple games he played in the preseason was like left to the wolves. He he got to play in front of basically an AHL defense core. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to judge him uh, based off of those preseason games. I, I imagine he's going to be the day one starter, mm-hmm. but I'm really interested to see how he does. Do you think there's any chance Craig Anderson is the day one starter or do you think it's Comrie's to lose? See, I'm expecting Anderson to start tomorrow. Huh. You never know. I, I imagine it's going to be more of a tandem thing, but mm-hmm. I think Comrie will probably get the majority of starts. And Lukanen, of course, was sent down too. Uh, Lukanen, I, again, didn't watch every preseason game, but I guess he played pretty well when he when he got the chance to play in those preseason games. I saw some people pretty disappointed that he didn't make the team out of camp, but obviously when you have Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie making the money that they are, mm-hmm. you're not going to send either of them to Rochester. So Lukanen will get to play valuable games in Rochester. Around, I think they're going to be a pretty solid team this year too. So we'll see what he can do. This is a big year for him. And hopefully he's lights out this year and, you know, maybe he can be on the team next year. But if that's not the case again, probably time to move on. Yes. Then, then he's getting into danger territory where he's uh, legitimately competing with uh, the other guys. Um, Maybe he'll be the new Jonas Johansson where he gets claimed on waivers every other week. Perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. And UPL, I believe, will need waivers next year. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Fourth line center. Interesting. Uh, You were talking about the lines earlier. Rasmus Asplund and Zemgis Gergens seem like they might be like splitting the center duties. I'm excited to see what Rasmus Asplund can do at center. I'm really excited to see what happens there. Uh, he was drafted as center. Both of them are drafted as centers, so they finally get their chance to really show what they can do at the position. We haven't really seen Gergensen's at center since he was a rookie when he played with Tyler Ennis and Matt Molson. So, Asplund well, he, he played um, a little bit last year too, Gergensen's, but Asplund, I don't think I don't recall him ever really getting a chance to play center at the NHL level. Asplund feels like a guy who can excel anywhere on the ice. Yeah. Definitely a forward. I think I I, I he's one of my favorite players on the team. Uh, I loved him last year and I have uh no doubts he can excel as a fourth line center. Mm-hmm. Not not a name that we discussed, I don't think, on here as perhaps uh taken over that role, was it? Yeah. Maybe I'm not remembering. I'd never really expect just imagine it would be Gergensen's, but yeah. it sounds like both of them will get their fair chance at it at least mm-hmm. we haven't talked about this yet their line mate kyle Oposo named captain that's right we have a captain finally um and then the and assistants... he deserves it and he deserves yes, it 100 we got the assistants uh correct right I, I mean right you could see this coming anyway but it was Oposo, gergensen's and um dalene who are going mm-hmm. to be the recipients but yeah it's it's nice i hope this isn't Opozo's last year team. I hope he's back next year. Uh, I hope he resigns. Uh, I listened um, to the after the whistle interview with him, and he said he would like to do one at least one more year this year and next, and he'll see where his body, what his body tells him from there. But hopefully he's back. Uh, I think it'd be nice to have him back. He's obviously in a contract year, so they would have to 
mm-hmm. sign him again, presumably much less than the $6 million he's making right now. So, yeah, and I think he's got more gas left in the tank. He's he's shown the last couple of years that he's still got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want him to finish his career here, obviously, but uh, also I want him to, you know, look out for his own health. You always worry about um, those guys that have had, you know, the injury issues. And uh, I just hope he can stay here and end it on a high note. He'll maybe, 100% have a role in the front office. That's I imagine say, that's what you're about to say. Yeah. Yes, maybe he will become a coach or uh, work somewhere in development. Maybe we'll see him at camps when he's done. Yeah, um, you can. But, you can yeah. just. The guy has a passion for the city too, mm-hmm. which is awesome to see. Like Adam's always saying, we want guys who want to be here. We want guys who want to commit. We want guys who will die to be a Buffalo Saber. And this guy fits all the criteria that they want to be a Buffalo Saber and a great role model for all these young guys who are coming in. And you always like. I think Owen Power in those embedded videos or even like the montages where they're talking about Oposo right when power signed or even got drafted. Oposo was the first guy to text them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to poo poo on Jack Eichel, but I bet that he was not doing that going out on a limb. So <laughs> yeah, he's just a great leader and it helps that he has been playing at like elevating his level of play too on the ice. Like you don't need your captain to be the best guy in the team, but He's he's certainly deserving of the honor, and I'm glad. And I know some people are going to be like, oh, it should have been Tuck, blah, blah, blah. Like, Tuck hasn't even had a letter yet. He just got here. They're not going to give him the right. C yet. His time will come if it's not Darlene's. It sounds like they're grooming Rasmus Darlene to be the next captain of the Buffalo Sabres, but we'll see it about that. It certainly seems that way. Yeah, so he's he's got the A. And Darlene, he's really blossoming into a young leader as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to him talk, so I'm excited to see what happens here. But yeah, Kyle Poso definitely the deserving captain, and I'm glad to see it. Especially all that he's gone through too with his concussions. Yes, he so probably never thought he'd, he'd see this this day. I mean, yeah. as as a player, right? Mm-hmm. Make a comeback like this and uh, um, get that honor, and seemingly have a lot of fun in the later years of his career. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very awesome to see. Yeah, definitely some good news there. Mm-hmm. Uh, look forward to the game tomorrow, Ottawa. They're also facing the Florida Panthers in an afternoon game on Saturday, one Ooh. o'clock. So Sam Reinhart returns, uh, Brandon Montour. Can't think of, are there any other former Sabres? I don't think so. Uh oh man, I don't know because they've had so much turnover this offseason. I don't know who's there and who's still Eric Stahl didn't not. get a contract with Florida. I think they released him from his PTO. So yeah. no Eric Stahl revenge tour. <laughs> but Ottawa, they definitely improved. They uh, did. Alex to bring it. They they got Cam Talbot, but he's hurt. So they'll have to wait about a month or so for him to come back. They got to bring it. They got Claude Giroux. Uh, they got Tim Stutzlow locked up. They got Josh Norris locked up. So their core is definitely coming to fruition here, and they're probably working on getting to Brinkett locked up too. So, you know, you can say the Sabres improve by promoting from within. They signed a couple of free agents, but Ottawa went big game hunting, and they will be better. I would find it hard to believe that they won't be. Uh, do you think who, who's 
to the better team, Ottawa or Buffalo. At the end of the day, who do you think will be higher in the standings? I do think Ottawa will be higher, but that doesn't mean uh, I think the Sabres will fall off a cliff this year. Uh, I think the Senators might be in the 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 ninety point range. I think they'll they'll push for a wild card spot, Ooh. but I can see the Sabres uh, getting to eighty six points or so, contending for that met, uh, that amount. Listen, if the Sabres come in sixth or seventh place in the division and they finish with 86 to 88 points, that's a mm-hmm. successful season. That's what I did. I just feel like um, it's possible. And I I know I was, I think last show or a couple shows ago, I was very high on uh, the Senators and the Red Wings. But I mean, we see it a lot where it takes a few years for uh, to to settle in when you go uh, right. big game hunting. Right. So well, look at the look at the Sabres when they got Eichel. They got all those mm-hmm. new guys, but and it's not like Claude Giroux other needs is 2013 Claude Giroux. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's it's a lot of young guys. Similar uh, to the Sabres. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, young guys breaking through. Yeah. Uh, to bring it. Yes. Puts up a lot of goals, but. He's also, uh, it's not identical to the situation in Chicago, but he's still Doesn't playing. Have Patrick Kane. Right. And he's still playing with a lot of young guys uh, around yeah. him. So um, I don't know. Uh, it's good for them that they're trying to get out of the cellar, if you will. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe this could be the start of another Sabres Senators rivalry. That's what I was thinking. I'm really hoping that this these two teams something. grow together and. Yeah get better together that would be because yeah, uh, if you think about it they're both on the rise they're both on similar trajectories mm-hmm. very similar roster constructions i think too because yeah. like boston they're gonna fall off a cliff eventually that's mm-hmm. got to be coming within the next year or two toronto they're they're within like three years of their big four guys becoming ufas they're not gonna be able to keep all of them right uh so you can presume that they'll fall off a little bit Tampa, they're going to have to figure something out with their salary cap eventually. Uh, Florida, I think they got worse this year. I don't think they're going to be as good. And they got Bobrovsky. So those teams, you know, it might not happen this year, but within the next few years, I think top of this division, it's going to be, well, it's not going to be a slam dunk anymore where those four teams are making it every year. Buffalo, will be in the race. Edmonton, not, not Edmonton. Uh, Detroit will be in the race. Ottawa will be in the race. So should be interesting. Uh, if we look at the division, I think Montreal is definitely slam dunk to be the worst team in the division. I think they're terrible. Their yes. eyes are set after Connor Bedard. I think that Buffalo is going to finish in sixth. I hate to say it, but it's a tough division. And basically every team improved. Uh at the bottom, at least like Detroit, they went all out. They got established talent to surround their young guys with. I think they're going to be better. I think the bottom four, it's going to be Montreal at the bottom. Could be Ottawa. I think maybe Ottawa. I'm going to go with Ottawa, Buffalo, then Detroit, then the, the four headed monster that have been ruling this division for years now. So now did you see Jonathan Duran is a healthy scratch? Is he really? Yeah. yeah. I I bet I'll bet anything that 
Jonathan Drouin will be on the Colorado Avalanche by the end of the year. Oh. And he's playing with Nathan McKinnon to resurrect his career. Really? Yeah. That's a ooh, that's a spicy one. Uh, I want to run some names by you, and I want to see if you could tell me anything about who these people are. Okay. Uh, Arbor Zekaj. Okay. I went to the Prospects Challenge game when the Sabres were facing the Canadians, and I had never heard of this guy before. Arbor. Uh, it's J- spelled. Jekai. Jekai is how you say it. Okay. Jekai. Yeah. Spelled uh, X H E K A J. Yeah. Uh, big guy. I, I remember him being pretty big, at least. I think he got in a fight against that goon. Berzola oh, yes. That was. He's on an AHL deal with Rochester, who was just running out there headhunting the whole game. So I think he got a fight with him. Undrafted free agent. I think he was on the Hamilton Bulldogs, who went to the Memorial Cup last year. So uh, a good story. I don't think he's going to be an everyday NHL player, but uh, it's a good story to say the least. Yeah, so he is a goon. I'm just Googling his name and... um a lot of it is about his toughness and his bad guy attitude. Yeah. They probably want, you know, that stereotypical don't run our young yeah. stars because Arbor will pound your face. in. he looks face. like uh bill, the butcher from gangs of New York. I don't <laughs> know if you've seen that movie, but uh, he has the mustache and the hair. Pretty convincing. Uh, okay, another name. Uh, Jordan Harris. He was on Northeastern last year, Devin Levi. Oh, oh, yeah. really? Is he, he yeah, I think he played some. Yeah, he he was. I think he was like a second or third round pick with from the Canadians. So he did back. play last year. It looks yeah, like. Yeah, he played some games. Okay, and finally, Jonathan Kobasevich. Great name. I think that they claimed him off waivers from the Jets. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I don't remember this guy. He was a third-round pick in 2017 uh, and appeared in four games with the Jets last season. Um, but those three guys are half of the Canadians' defense. Caden K- Gooley made the team too, right? Kate is he on there? Okay. there. Uh, and then the rounding it out. Oh, no, hang on. I screwed up. Rounding it out is David Savard and Chris Weidman. Is Michael Matheson injured right now? Joel Edmondson, those guys? Uh, he must be. Um, Paul Byron's on long-term IR. Yeah, that guy can't catch a break. No. He's injured all the time. So Sabres legend, Paul Byron. I'm honestly probably going to watch a lot of Canadians games this year. Yeah, they should be interesting. The battle for Bedard should be very intriguing. Canadians, Chicago, in Arizona. It will be so freaking embarrassing if he goes to Arizona and plays in that college arena. Yeah, well, if the NHL is ever going to rig a draft lottery, they they do not want Connor Bedard going to Arizona. No. Like, it's definitely, I don't think the draft lottery is rigged any way, shape, or form, but if they were to do it, this would be the year because on one hand, he could resurrect hockey in Arizona, and get some fans in the building that they're supposedly planning on building if that ever happens. But on the other hand, who wants to watch Arizona Coyotes games? And do you really want the next star of your league playing in a 5,000 seat arena? 
Probably well, not. Uh, hey, if it's a 5,000-seat arena, though, that means that the Coyotes actually have a good shot of selling out every game. <laughs> Will they sell it out, though? Right. That'll be interesting to see like their attendance figures at the end of the year. Yeah, how embarrassing how is that going to be if they can't sell out a 5,000-seat arena? Mm. What does that say about the team? And like Jacob Chikrin doesn't want to be there. Like he wants out of there. He vocally wants out. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. They should be a fun-ish team, at least. Like they got some exciting players. They probably want to be a little competitive at least, but I don't think that they're gonna win many hockey games. No. But the atmosphere would be rocking in uh Tempe. Arizona State University uh, for these games, if it is a packed house, it should maybe, be the atmosphere. Maybe I don't know if the arena is on campus, but maybe to fill it up, they give out tickets to students, create an atmosphere. They probably will. That is see that that's the smart thing to do. Give out free tickets and create a you got to be there atmosphere. Yeah, you got to like watch a, this team. Get like a marching band going. Yes. Like a, like in a college game. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's a good slate of games tonight. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, Jack Eichel scored. Oh, he did. I think, yeah, I think Jack Eichel is going to go ballistic this year. I don't know about you, but yeah, I haven't looked at the slate of games tonight, but yesterday um, the Rangers and Vegas won. We have Leafs Canadians. Uh, there's six okay. games tonight. These are the most interesting ones though. Leafs Canadians and at 10 o'clock Canucks Oilers. All right. So good slate. Um, really good Canadian side of things. Yeah. As always the good old Toronto Montreal season opener, you know, we'll see the, the return of the Oilers, uh, Royal Royal blue uniforms. Can the Oilers just make up their mind and stop changing their colors every three years i know just there's nothing wrong with what they're wearing now just leave it don't touch it sure wear an alternate bring an alternate in if you want just don't change anything they're home and away perfect if the sabers go back to navy blue in like two years the the outcry like do what you're probably more in touch with oilers fans than i am or do they get furious about changing all the time like do they prefer the royal blue oh i'm not like, I, oh, I, i'm certain they prefer the the royal blue uh i you know what though this isn't just from anything i know it's just something i suspect i feel like when that 20th anniversary of the 06 stanley cup run comes around i wonder if they bring back the uh navy blue as a throwback eh, you never know i love that bringing back the reverse retro uh oil spill uh, logo, whatever they call it. I was kind of hoping for a uh, white version of that. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. But um, it's going to be navy blue with orange uh, stripes. So, I don't know, but uh, it's 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 funny that those are, those are classic jerseys now from when we were six or seven years old. Yeah. Did it's we scary. talk about reverse retro? Uh, it, I know it's been a while. Uh, reverse retro was uh, revealed. It's going to be the goat head. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. It leaked. Uh, Yeah. So black and red, royal blue. I mean, things are, tell you what, Sabres fans don't have a whole lot to complain about right now. Yeah. 
team starts off hot, I mean, they're going to be facing either Anton Forsberg or Magnus Helberg tomorrow. Uh, so there's a good shot that the Sabres are in playoff position after tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to touch on before we sign off? I think I talked about everything I wanted to speak no. on. Uh, you know what? It's a miracle. I have these uh, wood beams under my bed that like support it because it's too like thin for the frame. Mm-hmm. And occasionally they fall off if I like plop down too hard. And right before we came on, that happened. So it's a miracle my bed did not give out during this. I would have kept it, it in. The blooper reel. If my bed collapsed, I would have kept it in. <laughs> I would have not edited it out because it would have been comedy gold. Yeah, I think the listeners would eat that up for sure. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're going to wrap this podcast up. We appreciate y'all for listening. We're going to try and do once a week from here on out. Now the season's starting uh, one way or another. So we'll figure that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Marino TCB, new Twitter handle. So follow me on Twitter, Joe Marino TCB. Luke's also on Twitter, LVKETCB. And we obviously can't do this podcast without the Charging Buffalo. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. And you can follow our podcast Twitter as well at CO underscore TCB underscore pod. Again, CO underscore TCB underscore pod. So give that a follow as well. We'll be back next week. Recap these games. Much more on the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast.